Alright everybody, welcome to the Speedrun Podcast. My name is Sir Penguin and with me today, I have Hercules Bench Press. Hello, sir. How are you doing, Penguin? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing quite well, uh, given the circumstances of, you know, being forced indoors. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's a real pain for everybody, inside and outside, <laughs> really. Yeah. Um, but... I wanna wanna before we get into the speedrunning part of the podcast, tell us a little about about yourself. Where are you from? Who are you? What do you do? Uh, I am from the United States in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, I speedrun a litany of games that interest me, uh, mostly Pokemon, Metroid, uh, stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I feel like I'm a pretty open book. I don't know how. All right, so <laughs> let's 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 just jump into the open book that is you. Uh, how did you get into speedrunning from the beginning? So, I actually stumbled upon it by accident, as I do most of my interests. Um, just a video on YouTube that came up uh, of, believe it or not, Kirby Master doing Metroid Fusion one hundred percent at a uh, at a Games Done Quick marathon. And I watched it and I was like, well, I, I could probably do that. I played that game to death, um, you know, just growing up. And, yeah, once I started, I, I was doing that. I started to uh, try, tried to learn uh, Thousand Year Door while the game was still a six hour run, which wasn't my smartest decision. But, um, you yeah, know, it, it started with uh, just me on YouTube getting lost in in videos all right and uh is that is that where you primarily upload your your runs is it youtube or is it mainly on twitch i mostly stream on twitch but i've wanted to get better about like exporting vods and stuff like that onto youtube of like when we do like you know cinco bingo and crystal or whether it be a pb attempt or whatever the case may be i just need to get you know better at doing more stuff other than just twitch yeah expanding your your network kind of thing as well yeah out to different platforms uh but how did you get into streaming was it because of uh, speed runs or was there another reason you started to stream it's actually a different reason believe it or not i didn't start so i, I actually started streaming slightly prior to discovering speed runs um was scrolling through Facebook when I was still on Facebook, I uh, noticed a friend of mine uh, on Twitch streaming and I was like, oh, I know him. And, you know, I was talking to him and he invited me over and uh, I was streaming with, uh, I would I would say he's fairly, he has a decent audience on YouTube. Um, I, I don't know if, uh, it, if it matters if I name drop, but um, yeah, PK Sparks. Um, so I, I, was streaming with them a little bit and then uh I, that's how I got into streaming and then I discovered speed runs and then it was you know all leads up to this and this is where you're at today yeah nice uh right so everybody has some kind of origin story one way or another like we're <laughs> we're born we're we're given a name and that's it but 
same goes for you uh, online usernames kind of except with the distinction that we get to choose them ourselves so how did you get your username it was just me being an idiot um mostly <laughs> as, as most things happen in my life um just me being silly um ever well, while growing up uh i was always kind of like athletic and i was always like kind of built um so when we needed to come up with like a name for me on the internet when I was streaming with my friends. Um, I was throwing out a whole bunch of different names and this is just the one that I landed on. It, well, it's the one that kind of stuck at least, at least. But what, what does it, does it have like any, any, any meaning behind it? Like the, the words and say, or is it just like, it sounded cool kind of thing? Yeah, just whatever flowed out of my mouth. I think the other options were like Julius Hammerfist or, you know, something along those lines. That sounds like some really buff anime character. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. <laughs> I need I need fan art of Julius Hammerfist now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when once you had your your username established and you started streaming on on Twitch and uh, started with speedrunning there, what was uh, or what is your goal uh, with speedrunning? I mean, I, I've always viewed speedrunning and as a hobby, and I mean that's exactly what it is. Um, you know, I, I I tend to be quite competitive, so whenever I find something that I really enjoy, I just want to you know do as much as I can until I I get something that I'm personally satisfied with. Um, you know, and at the same time, if I can entertain some people and you know distract them from anything in their life, that's you know, bothering them or even just to, to bring them, you know, some amount of enjoyment, that just means the world to me. All right. So so looking at your, your VODs and comparing them to your, your speedrun.com uh, leaderboards, it seems your your main game is uh, obviously Metroid Fusion. Yeah. Uh, but you have you have other games as well, uh, some that dates back to like three or three or four years ago. Uh, is there any reason you you stuck to Metroid, or is it just like flavor of the month kind of thing, trying out something new? So, Metroid Fusion was always the game because it was the first speed run that I saw, really, and um, it was the one game that growing up I was like, I could totally do this, and I would try to do it, you know, on my own. Um, but I guess I kind of stuck with it because that was just the first game I learned, and I just was grinding that, you know, to death pretty much just to try to get my time down in any percent and not so much a hundred percent, but um, you know, it just did it for so long. And then uh, I, I was lucky enough a few years into running it after, you know, watching a GDQ live to be able to, uh, to run Metroid fusion in a GDQ along with uh, you know, my good friend, JRP and surprisingly enough to me, uh, the, the person whose speed run I watched at first, Kirby Master. So it was a bit surreal to, you know, pick something up by watching somebody and then a couple years later to be sitting next to them doing that, you know, essentially what I was watching, you know, for somebody else to stumble upon probably. Was that the first time you guys met like face to face as well? Uh, yeah, for the most part, because JRP lives in Australia, so I never really get to see him, but, uh, We've we joined the community around the same time, and we were we were fast friends. I'll say that. And has there been like a like a not rivalry per se, but like a, have you guys been pushing each other to like help each other out and get oh, better he, times on the leaderboards and stuff? He always pushes me to to want to be better, but he was he's long since retired. 
Um, and I've taken some time off, you know, in the interim as well. But, you know, he was always really, really good at the game. And I never really had time to to practice too much. Um, my time was always kind of limited. So, and he just, I don't know what clicked in his brain, but man, he just destroyed the leaderboards for the longest time and was dominating every single category. But I've always kind of seen and used him as like a benchmark. Like I just need to get better and better and better just to try to be able to compare. But, uh, you know, sometimes even after all my practice there, sometimes it's just like, heck, I don't know. I don't know how he does it. Yeah. <laughs> like some people just like see some games differently. And I don't, I don't know. Like some, there are some games out there that are, when you watch a speedrun of it, it's just like, I don't know how they're doing this. I yeah. really don't. Even if you know the route and you know what to do, there's just some some runners that are just mind blowing in that way that you just can't figure out how they're getting such a good time. He's like a human task. I can't believe it. But uh, even then, like his times were beat by somebody else who came into our community and like within a month was like at the top of the leaderboards and has all of the world records pretty much right now. And I, I thought JRP was really fast, but Scotty, whew. I don't I don't even think he's human. I think he's like <laughs> I, I think I think he's like a Terminator robot for but except for speedrunning. He was sent back to the past to take the leaderboards. <laughs> Anytime if anybody beats his time, it's just I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that the way like the Metroid community works though? Like is it very very competitive about the times? Uh I guess. I mean a lot of I, I know a lot of people, they you know they want to push to get better. It's it's a bit of a split, really. There's a lot of people that do it because they enjoy it and they just, you know, they want to do it and they want to grind their time down. Then there's others who've been in the community for years that just want to keep pushing and keep pushing that time down. Um, I, I think it's mostly all, it, I mean, well, it is all personal preference uh, and what their goals are. But, you know, at the top of the leaderboards, we all try to, you know, push each other that extra little bit like even when I was able to get, uh, you know, a top time, it was always all right. Now get this time that nobody's ever gotten. Keep pushing, kind of thing. Like we we believe that you can do it. So like there's that whole kind of support, and that it's a support structure really. Um, that I I I can only say is shared with everybody in the community because everyone's so willing to help. Uh, you know, help everybody else improve. Yeah, and I mean, looking at the leaderboards now, I'm just looking at the the any percent no memory corruption leaderboard, for example. It's it's like the differences between the top runs. If you look at the real time, mm -hmm. it's it's under a minute for each one between all of them. Yeah. So there's not much, uh, like not a huge difference between being like third and fourth. It's just one second, for example. Yeah, and that switch to RTA was actually a change that happens like four or five months ago uh, before I re-entered the community again uh, for the longest time. And when I say for the longest time, I mean uh, for the entire time until a few months ago, we went by in-game time and the switch was really made, I believe more so because we had so many people at the top of the leaderboards that were tied with a 45 or a 46 or a 47 that the community really wanted to switch to, you know, real time and just to, to kind of differentiate it. Um, but at the same time, it kind of forces, if you want a competitive time to use a specific uh, version, because that game just has so much text in it. 
and we even banned the uh, the fastest version of the game just due to accessibility that no one can really find it. Oh, which uh, version was that? The uh, the Chinese version, believe it or not. Um, Chinese? Yeah, so the Chinese version of the game was one of, I think, eight games that were made for the IQ Game Boy Advanced. And you they're like impossible to find. We know of one person who's been able to find it. But other than, you know, downloading the... And the only reason we know it exists is because there's a ROM for it. Um, so besides, you know, downloading a ROM onto a flash cart and using that, which the community is not on board with, that would really be the only way of accessing that version of the game and being able to use it. That's very interesting. Like, usually the Japanese versions of most games are tend to be faster because there's less uh, characters to load during, like, talking parts of the game. But hearing a Chinese version and a, and a Chinese legitimate version of a Game Boy Advance game, <laughs> that sounds very rare in itself, considering the thousands of bootleg copies they made out of the Game Boy games right. back in the day. Well, the other thing, too, about it is, um, I mean, China had a like a video game restriction placed in place, if I'm remembering correctly, that they did not allow games from like Japan to be imported. So any games that were going to be coming out, you know, that are Jap or that were Chinese, I believe, had to come from within the country. So I, it, it's more so kind of like a ROM hack of the Japanese version. And by all accounts, the, the Japanese text is, you know, there are fewer characters in it. The only reason that the Chinese version actually saves time is because the text scrolls so fast that it really just kind of offsets there being, you know, a, a few additional characters. But look at, looking at the leaderboard for, um, for Metroid in general, it seems the majority of the community is running on on the Japanese versions, but there are still a large, large portion that runs on the American and European or PAL, it says mm. on the leaderboard here. And I want to talk a little bit about the the reason we've touched on it a little bit, but the reason why people are running on Japanese and then differences between running it on actual console compared to an emulated version and then the differences in, in, uh, in the consoles, because there's some people running it on the Wii U as well. Mm -hmm. uh, could you dive into that a little bit? So, for the longest time, English was the only cartridge that was used. When I entered the community, uh, I purchased a Japanese copy of the game, as did, you know, uh, JC87. I want to make sure I get that right, because I got it wrong during commentary at a uh, GDQ. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, JC87. Yeah. Um, so... We bought Japanese copies, and we were the only two to actually ever use them. And the only difference was that the text was two and a half minutes faster than the English text. Which didn't matter, because in Fusion, during text and anything else, the time the in-game timer wasn't running. So the game was optimized for in-game time. So it didn't matter what version we were using. And... I honestly regret not starting on the with the Chinese version and getting that going because I feel like today it would be a little bit easier to kind of work and try to get that to be a, a more suitable standard for the game. But um, after that, everyone just kind of you know re looked at that and they went, "Eh, why not?" Um, and there are some people that you know are so used to playing on English that they just stuck with it. 
you know, it's all about muscle memory with that game, to be completely honest, and especially with text. And now that text mashing matters for the for the time, you know, knowing when to to advance the text and to to mash and hold down, um, you know, years of practicing that on one specific version only to change is gonna it's gonna give you some hiccups after a while. So how does the how does the differentiates between uh, Game Boy Advance version and the Wii U, for example. So the only differences between playing on like a Game Boy Advance version on a with a Game Boy Player or the Wii U is that the Wii U actually generates more lag in certain situations, I believe. Um, for the most part, though, uh, and and this is why we allow like emulator and uh, Wii U, which is a Nintendo emulator essentially um, to be used is that because by going by in-game time, if the game lags then the in-game timer also lags. So if the game lags a little bit more than say the console version, that's fine because it's all accounted for in the in-game time. Now though, you're you see less and less runners playing on the Wii U version or, you know, and a lot, a lot of the community really is using emulator which is completely fine and we've started to accept uh rta times for that because we've gotten to you know we've done a lot of testing and we found that bizhawk uh using a specific uh core and the specific hash as long as we're able to identify all those three things at the end of a run and to ensure that you know no input like like an input playback kind of thing is being used, then we can accept it because it's fairly accurate to the console timing. All right. Um, so wanna wanna move on a little bit here as well. Um, looking at still at speedrun.com, um, we've already established that Metroid Fusion is is your main game, so to speak. There, and you've got some really impressive times with being in the sixth on any percent no memory co- corruption and the twelfth place on hundred percent and that category has about 73 people on it and the main one has over 200 people on it so it's a very impressive time there but how much have you spent practicing to try and get that good of a time uh i've been running the game for six or seven years at this point and my leaderboard time for any percent no memory corruption which was just beaten recently uh by destructor who got a 113 RTA. Shoutouts to him. Good job. Um, my time has stood, I think, for about four or five years now. I haven't beaten it. I almost beat it last a couple of days ago, really. Um, but I was like 15 seconds off, and there was just one mistake that prevented me from besting my time. Um, and if I'm being completely honest, I don't run 100% all too much because I... I don't know. I, I enjoy the category and I was grinding it for a while, but I just something about it. I don't know. Like I, I felt like it was too easy, if that makes sense, because I had all the health and it was just, I don't know. Which is ironic because I made the 100% tutorial. So it's mostly the 100% no, no memory corruption. That's the main grind, so to speak. For a lot of people, yeah. That's where they start and then they can kind of migrate to you know 100% or some of the low percent categories. I personally prefer the low percent category, 0%, 1%, um, and the new category that I've been meaning to run for years but only started to recently, which is uh, 1% hard. 
which is a Japanese and Chinese uh, only run of the game since the English version only doesn't have uh, easy and hard mode. All right, so so tell us first before we go into the hard modes. There, what are the differences between zero zero percent, one percent compared to any percent uh, category or hundred percent? So Fusion is a it's an interesting game. It's a lot different than some of the other Metroid games, and one of the main differences is that major upgrades don't count towards your percentage counter. So it only tracks expansions, so energy tanks, missile expansions, and power bombs. The goal of any percent is you want to grab whatever you need to, you know, not only not die, sorry, not only to not die, as well as to ensure that you have enough ammo to defeat bosses as optimally and as quickly as possible. So for any percent, you'll usually see people grab, uh, I want to say like eight or seven or nine percent or somewhere between seven and nine percent um which is usually optimal um meanwhile for zero and one percent you're grabbing no additional energy one percent you grab a missile pack that's quote-unquote unskippable um and i put it in quotes because it technically is skippable um it's just extremely hard and zero uh, percent is the same way you grab nothing essentially you're grabbing no expansions and for the longest time zero percent was always considered to be a category that really nobody could run because the trick to skip this one missile pack that's seemingly impossible to skip it requires you to store a shine spark and then do five frame perfect jumps and a frame perfect shine spark across seven frames of error and doing that on console or anything is it, it requires a lot of pause buffering uh if you're anybody but scotty and it's not the easiest thing to do so a lot of people just would grab the extra missile pack um and then over a year and a half ago now we were able to discover i can't remember who exactly discovered it um it was like a glitch hunter can't remember his name for the life of me, unfortunately, and I apologize. Um, but we found that if you were to jump into a respawning block, it would push you out of bounds. And it just so happens that underneath of this missile tank, there's a, a, a bomb block that you can jump into and get pushed out of bounds right past the missile pack. So you can just effectively skip it um, and just continue with not grabbing any items. Uh, but... Fusion is very much so a game where it's known for having tough enemies or enemies that deal a lot of damage. Like very early on in the game, you're not going to see like through the main deck in the first uh, sector, there's not a whole lot of enemies that deal a lot of damage except for space pirates in sector one. But when you get to sector two, there's these little red enemies that deal 45 damage. So in a low percent run, if you get hit two or three times, your run's over. Because most people, when they're doing it, if they're going for a competitive time, they won't save. Um, and doing that just means they're going to have to start over. But it's it can be a very rough game, for sure. All right. So, and how come you wanted to... Because you mentioned you, you, you've been planning to run the hard version for a long, long time. How come you've 
uh, not gotten to it until recently. Um, I don't know. I just took a little bit of a hiatus from the game. There was a point where I'd just been playing the game for four years or so, and I just kind of got burnt out. Um, and, you know, I wanted to continue to expand my horizons, play different games, and get involved in different communities um, for games that interested me. And just to kind of, you know, not only expand my horizons, but, you know, just to show myself kind of that I, there are games out there that I wouldn't necessarily consider myself to be amazing at that I could technically play. That's a, that's a nice segue, though, um, because we talked a little bit before we started recording. And uh, you mentioned that you've been playing a little bit of Pokemon Crystal, but not in the normal way. You've been playing something called the Single Bingo? Yeah, so uh, it's... It's a Pokemon randomizer for Pokemon Crystal, uh, and we've generated, and by we, I mean Oro, Alta, Mamgar, Kizaron, and myself. Uh, we, I believe I got everybody, and anybody that from that group that contributed uh, for the original card, if I missed you, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> but um, we started doing it, we, we made the card, be, well, hang on. Let me let me let me back up here. So we would play Pokemon Crystal Randomized, and there was always a bingo card for the vanilla game. And we would play bingo with the vanilla card with a randomized version of the game. And it was very difficult because a lot of the goals on the card were, you know, a specific Pokemon or something that wasn't guaranteed to find to show up. So we would share information. Well, I would always, like, progress through the game, you know, allowing myself to find encounters so I could find this stuff. But because we were sharing information, everyone else would blitz to the, you know, to fly so that way they can get around a lot quicker. And I would have to share my information and I would always lose. So I was kind of, I was starting to get annoyed. I was like, well, why don't we just develop a card that is a little bit more competitive where we wouldn't have to share information and it would allow us to you know, kind of be able to metagame, uh, you know, where somebody found something or, you know, whatever the case may be. So we could just sit there and enjoy and just talk while we're playing and not have to worry about sharing information or anything like that. Um, and that really got the ball rolling on making the card. And Oro definitely put a lot of time into it. He was the one who compiled a lot of the ideas into a usable format that we were able to put on uh, Bingo Sync. But um, everybody that I listed was involved, Alta, Kizaron, myself, Oro, Mamgar. Um, that was our, our little group at the time. And as we went through and kind of made changes, I decided, well, we enjoy this. I'm sure a lot of people would enjoy this. So let's hold a tournament. So I, I organized and I put together a, uh, a Cinco Bingo tournament. And that was, it, it was small for the first one. And then we did another one almost immediately and it grew. And now we're at like over a thousand people in the server. And was there was there a like a prize pool or was it just for for the glory? It was mostly just for fun. Uh you know, we're not putting money on it or anything like that. It's just, you know, have a good time. We're all just doing something that we enjoy doing. And I I just feel like that's you know, the the best thing is we all enjoy doing something and we just want to share it with as many people as possible. Sounds like a great, great idea. And I love communities that, that get to do 
together and do that kind of thing and just like something that may have spawned in just a casual playthrough or a speedrunning setting just expand into a randomizer or or a bingo form of race with like with challenges because mm-hmm. it adds a certain replayability to a game that you may have like grinded so many times and some people may have even gotten bored with gives them a reason to come back to it and try something new and different that's honestly the great thing about uh, crystal randomized uh is it it's always a different experience every time especially with like playing bingo um, and the format that we play is called Cinco Bingo. And the reason we call it that is because Cinco in Spanish means five. So the goal is for us to get five bingos first or be the first person to achieve five bingos on a single card. And how, how wide is the randomization on it? Is it like from anywhere from like basic start of the game things to end game content? Or is it just any kind of restrictions on it? So... We use the universal Pokemon randomizer, and we randomize mostly everything. I have to specify that, because as much stuff as we randomize, there's a lot of stuff that we specifically do not uh, move, like Pokemon typing, move typing, uh, power, accuracy of moves, stuff like that isn't randomized, but uh, locations of Pokemon... Uh, starters are randomized, static Pokemon's randomized, uh, items on the ground are random. Um, so it's pretty expansive, and we use a speed choice ROM, and what it allows us to do is, excuse me, what it allows us to do is we're able to not only randomize the game, but there's a menu at the very beginning that allows us to set settings, such as, like, um, good early wilds or better encounter rates or, you know, black-white experience curve, better marts, stuff like that. So we could not only influence, you know, making things either easier or tougher in the game, but, you know, making it a more consistent quality of life playthrough, really, because we it also introduces hold to mash. So you don't have to sit there and mash text. You just hold a button and it just zips right through the text. So going back to speedrunning a little bit, is there is there any like parallel to this being a legitimate way of speedrunning or is it mostly just for like a fun thing like you could do with your friends who can get who can win the fastest kind of thing? I I could see it as both, really. Um you know, it, it's something additional. It's a new way to play the game uh, as you had mentioned previously and it's also something that you know you want you can want to push to get a better time to finish it as quickly as possible because again not every card is going to be the same so there's really no sense of consistency in a singular run so it's not like everybody's going to be competitive on that aspect of you know a normal game like running it the vanilla version where everything's the same you can kind of predict every little thing but um, seeing how you can route uh, as quickly as possible and to kind of change things up yeah it's you know people definitely keep track of their best times and other people they just do it for fun and they just have fun with it yeah and uh, like when you guys are doing these like races or tournaments are you all running off the same randomization seed or is does everyone have their <laughs> individual seed so that's the one question we get asked the most and i i'm i'm always a little baffled Sorry. That's the one question we get asked the most, and I'm always a, slightly a little baffled, um, but we all run on the same seed. Uh, 
there would be really no point if we were running on different seeds because, you know, one person could have an easier time, whereas somebody could, you know, get something completely overpowered in another ROM. It just doesn't make the race fair at that point. So if you're racing, you're going to want to be on the same seed and use the same card just so that everyone's on a level playing field. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially if there's a bingo involved. Like, if you remove the bingo part, then it would make more sense to have everyone on different seeds. But it could also make sense to have everyone on the same seed as well. But the bingo adds that element to that there, there is a goal that is different, so everyone should start off on the same terms. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, like, you don't want somebody to find, like, say, black glasses on the, the second route as a ground item, whereas somebody else might have to go all the way towards, you know, the last city in the game, or in Johto, I should say, and, you know, to have to get it, because then it's it tips the scales a little bit in one direction than the other, and it just makes it slightly unfair. Yeah, exactly. And the the only comparison I have to this to what I have tried is... Me and Zuyo, who was the first guest on this podcast, we uh, we used to do uh, casual racing in Final Fantasy IX, and then it turned into a thing we did on occasion. We would do a disc one randomizer race, but we would both start with different seeds and see who could finish disc one the first, depending on the circumstances. And there was no bingo involved there, but had we had the same seed, it wouldn't have been as competitive because we would know what the other person was trying to do. But at the same time, that could be a competitive aspect to it. But because we had different seeds, Mm -hmm. we really didn't know what we were doing and we didn't know what the other person was doing. So it was like (laughs) two kinds of categories in a race, so to say. And both, I would say, are kind of legitimate in their own way, depending on what you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds to me a little bit like this is the same type of thing, except with the bingo, you all start on the same uh, same start-off point, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, right, so I want to I wanna turn the topic a little bit back to speedrunning again. You've run different games and different categories, but what would you say is the most, the most difficult things about speedrunning, not only in-game, but outside of it as well? Ooh, um... I don't know. I, I guess just having, like, knowing that you have to grind and practice something just to get it perfect, I guess, especially with new games. Um, I've always loved, you know, routing or finding, like, optimal ways to do stuff. That Just having to sit there and grind, I feel like, is the other kind of aspect that's, I guess, kind of tough or, well, I don't know. That's a tough question. <laughs> So, so, so the gr- the grind is the main thing. I guess I don't know. I I kind of enjoy the grind to to a degree. Man, the worst part, heck. Uh, <laughs> you think I'd be prepared for these questions, but yeah. man, <laughs> the worst. I don't it know. could be outside. It doesn't have to be the game related. Like, do you, do you find it difficult to like make time yeah, yeah. for yourself to actually do the runs and that kind of thing, or set up and prepare for a stream? Honestly, yes. The the first one you mentioned, that's the uh, that was my second kind of go-to is just finding the time sometimes, especially for a longer game. Um like I had mentioned earlier, I had started off with learning uh Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. That run was 6 hours. So to find 6 hours in a day to be able to sit there and do a run all the way through was really rough. The game has since been cut down to like 
two hours or something like that because they play on the Japanese version and they do a bunch of skips um, and they're able to just skip like the entirety of the game. But yeah, finding the time, I feel like uh, mostly is like probably the hardest thing when either learning a new game or, or speed running in general, at least for yeah, me. Yeah, finding time, time is definitely an issue, like especially when you're starting out because you're not going to have that. If a game is two hours long, your first time isn't going to be two hours. Oh, if no. the world record is two hours, it's probably going to be somewhere like three or four, or maybe even five hours if you haven't ever done a speedrun of it and if it has a bunch of skips or glitches or tricks or that kind of thing. Right. So you definitely have to find the time to actually do the run. And then some people just go in blind and try it. Other people try and prepare and practice mm-hmm. some things. So it's yeah. very different from each person. So, like, the way I tend to approach it is I'll play through a game... Uh, the first time without while trying to go fast but while also trying to keep in mind everything every aspect of the game just to kind of get that you know the the feel for it and you know to to really like pick up on the story and all that uh and then when i i'll go through and if i decide i want to run the game i'll sit down and i'll you know study some of the the tricks i'll you know do a lot of visual stuff like or well i'll learn through visual and actually by trying so I'll actually sit there and I'll, I'll learn all the tricks and how to do them myself before I even ever attempt to run. Um, and I've always found with a lot of games that I pick up the way I do it, I, I'm always a, I'm a very fast learner. So there are games that I've picked up like from the 12 hour challenge that I've gotten a, a decently respectful time in like two weeks of running the game. A uh, good example would be like uh, Castlevania Dracula X. Uh, my good friend Dingus or Lil Dingus, uh, at, you know, was talking the game up to me and we were talking for a while and I it told him I'd do it. I learned the game and I had like a top three time. Uh, and I had a time that I was very happy with that. I wasn't at all expecting that quickly. Um, and then I just kind of got away from the game a little bit and went back to my roots, but I've always been one to kind of pick things up. And I think it's because I, kind of prepare and go into any new run trying to learn as much as I possibly can about how the game works and why things happen the way they happen. Yeah, and that that's a good good like quality to have like to pick things up fast as well, especially if you if you're wanting to pick up longer games. Um mm-hmm. that is a very good trait to have. I mean, if you compare it like um for me comparing like Metroid is not a very long game, but mm-hmm. there's there's still things that you're gonna have to like practice and grind and put a time aside to to get into. But if we compare like my very very first speed run of Final Fantasy Nine, I will never ever forget this because I I was so proud. I've just gotten myself a dazzle to capture my PS2, and I was so happy. <laughs> and I started a run I hadn't done one before ever. And the thing about the PlayStation that some speedrunners will know, you'll probably know this as well, um, the PS2 has the option for fast fast, uh, disc reading. So it reads the discs faster than the PS1. (laughs) However, there is a speed difference between the American version of the PlayStation 2 and the European version. I did not know this. So I play the game. I managed to get through it all. 13 hours into no 14 hours into the run i get to the end of the game it's uh, like four bosses then it's the last three bosses of the game on the second on the 
on after the first of the four bosses, my discs doesn't load. My disc four is broken, oh, so I can't finish no. the run. Oh, after no. fourteen hours of that, and then I spent an hour, another hour trying to get the disc to work. Oh, I thought you were about to say you spent an hour crying because that's what I would do. Yeah, after that, I shut off the stream and I went to bed crying. <laughs> I will never forget that moment. Oh god, that's so. And rough. I have never tried to do a PAL version of the game ever again. Oh my again. goodness! Yeah, those those games are really long too. So like, I can't even imagine setting aside time to to run a game that's like eight or nine hours long. Like it's just yeah, that's the thing. Like I really enjoy that speed run of the game. But it's the time. Like, you have to make time for at least 9 to 11 hours to make the run. And you have to, like, food Oof. prep as well to make sure you have food <laughs> to last you. Like, lunch and dinner and snacks, that kind of thing. Right. But I, I always think, too, because resets are a thing that happen very frequently. So, like, you not only have to account for being able to do a 9-hour run, but you have to have additional time for maybe some resets as well. So that time just kind of gets added on a little bit, and then RNG might extend the time a little bit. <laughs> like it can oh, get yes. out of RNG control fast. Oh yes, RNG is definitely a factor in that game. But luckily, in this game in particular, the reset part of the game is the first five minutes, because uh, you're wanting an item that you have to steal from the first mini boss, and if you don't get it after a certain amount of tries, you just reset. But then as soon as you get it within a reasonable time, the run is on. And for me, if I get past the two hour mark and I fuck something up, that that that's it. It's over. I, oh. I don't have the time to start again. See, that's what's brutal. That, that That's so brutal because especially with like my mindset and my mentality sometimes where it's like the game beats me and I'm like, no way. I, I've got to I've got to try this again. I cannot let this thing be, get the better of me. Like, and I get that infusion a lot too, where like something odd or something dumb will kill me. And I'm like, all right, no way. I want retribution. And that's, that's an interesting comparison. If you compare Final Fantasy IX to a Metroid Fusion speedrun, the Metroid Fusion is mostly like movement, jumping, shooting, that kind of thing, like very, very active. Mm -hmm. Whereas in, in the RPG genre as a whole, I suppose, there's a lot of focus on preparation. Like in Final Fantasy IX, if you don't have the right thing equipped before the right boss, it doesn't matter what you do in the fight. You will just straight up die because you're not protected against a certain weakness, for example. Or a character right. didn't get the experience they need for something six hours later in the run. Like, the preparation is way more important. Whereas in Metroid, you have to have, like, from, from my experience of watching it, you have to have more better reflexes and knowledge about what to do like as soon as it happens pretty it's much. a yeah it's a lot more read and react but i i definitely feel you on the rpg because the rpg aspect and like having all that because a lot of rpgs are it's a lot of menuing and a lot of preparation and it, a, a lot of the same for like final fantasy and stuff like that i guess you can kind of compare it to like pokemon in a way um where if you're not holding a specific item uh, during a fight that boosts your attack power in a certain way, then you're going to miss a, a range, and then something that you don't want to happen is you're either going to die or you lose the run or something that you're not prepared for might happen. And in those cases, it's kind of it can be a little difficult to recover from it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then and then you have to take to account the just pure RNG based moment, like in Final Fantasy VII, 
there's a boss called carry armor mm-hmm. uh, who has an attack <laughs> uh we just attacks the whole party and he can <laughs> he can do it straight off the bat as soon as the fight starts before you can even do anything and if you're really unlucky which usually happens when people are on world record pace he does it twice <laughs> and that's it it's just over you're dead oh man and that happens about i think it's six hours in or something like that oh no oh no so if you want to see a good time of rage compilations i'd suggest looking final fantasy 7 carry armor fight i mean that's my entire stream though is a rage compilation (laughs) (laughs) just why do you find that um that that you perform better like if you if you end up in that situation like where you get angry in a speedrun setting uh, and it's, it's something that you did or something that was just pure RNG that you couldn't done anything about. Do you find that kind of motivates you or do you just like get mad and quit? It, it's distracting, if anything, um, because I don't want to I if something either annoys me that either shouldn't have happened or I haven't seen before. I I don't want my brain to fixate on that because I want to be able to think about, OK, what's coming next? Um, what do I need to prepare for? What should I expect? This is what I need to do. Um, so I would say, I, I wouldn't say ang- I don't, I, well, I can kind of get angry sometimes, but that's at the same time, it's kind of like, it's just a game kind of thing. Um, and I can't control what it does except when it's my fault. Cause at the same time, if I mess up, I'm just like, oh man, I'm just an idiot. The heck am I doing? Um, but if it's something like RNG infusion where I can't, you know, help but have to sit there and suffer while an enemy gives me the worst patterns or whatever the case may be, it's just kind of like, well, that kind of sucks kind of thing. Like, I play it up on stream because, you know, whatever. But, you know, that's the one thing you don't want to, I, I at least personally, I don't want to do. So I don't want to focus on the one thing thing that was bad of in the run or something that tanked the run uh whether it be self-inflicted or otherwise because i want to be able to focus on okay this is what's coming up next this is what i need to prepare for and these are the like kind of things that i should probably be doing because if i'm thinking of something else then i'm just going to continue to make mistakes and with a game like fusion and it being like complete muscle memory for the most part and like having to read and react i don't want to have to be thinking of something that happened five minutes ago while I'm dealing with a boss that can do literally anything. So I want to I want to progress a little bit here and the, the next question is a bit of an is it a bit of an abstract question. Um those are my favorite. <laughs> it it can be interpreted in in any way you like. And I can I can answer any way I like too. <laughs> exactly, there's no right or wrong answer. Uh, but what's so special about the speedruns that you do? Oh, man, you're really going to put that pressure on me? Come on, man. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> are you, are, well, are you asking what's so special about me or so special about the speedruns? Like, in particular, like, are you asking me to, like, pick out one quality that I really like about the speedruns? Well, like I said, it it is a very abstract question and it can be interpreted. Some people can see it as a bit of a selling point, like, oh, why people should watch me. But other people, and I think this is where mostly where I'm coming from. What what makes the the categories most like of the games you run so special? Like for example, if we go back again to Metroid, <laughs> uh, why why any percent no memory corruption compared to just any percent, for example? Uh, well, 
any percent no memory corruption was always the like the default category um because funnily enough for years and literally years it was always a joke of oh whoever finds credit warp is going to be like like the god of this game the game will be over and but the game is is hard coded uh it has hard coded event flags so we always thought it was you can't break it until Biospark, who tasses the game and was considered the best player of the game until JRP came along and a bunch of other runners. Um, he found a way where you can get out of bounds and overwrite the RAM data uh, and overwrite it on a save file. So that way, if you overwrite the memory, uh, you can corrupt it and then die and it'll spawn you at the end of the game, like in the final hallway. And it'll also have the set the event flag so far past what it's capable of that when it tries to spawn in the final boss it just dies instantly so that's kind of interesting there uh between the two differentiated ones um and i tend to go for the low percent categories which as i said before extremely extremely difficult to even complete because you've got so few health and you can't really take too many too much extra damage so getting through every single room is really, really difficult because it has to be optimized for moving as quickly as you can from point A to point B while taking as few hits as possible and slowing down as little as possible. So it, it's really a challenge for low percent to be able to, in some rooms especially, to be able to read and react to different enemy patterns uh, as well as, so that way you don't get hit. Um, and again, for like Crystal, which Fusion and Crystal are like the two kind of main things that I am running at the moment and Tailgater. But um, that is, you know, it's a, it's a different way to play the game. It's different than what you're used to seeing. I mean, a lot of people are used to seeing randomizers, but, you know, we throw that like bingo aspect into it as well. So it's it changes things up quite a bit. And um, what do you think that one category is more popular or more competitive than other categories so what category is more competitive than the others in like fusion yeah. or um and both and both or just in general like what what do you think that makes a category more competitive or more popular than another one if you for example compare like a hundred percent on any percent which is like a standard in, in most mm. speedrunning settings um i think the only i mean what drives competitiveness are the runners itself in any aspect. So if you've got a community of runners that are willing to push each other and be competitive to want to, you know, push their times lower, then, you know, it'll be pretty competitive with any percent. It's the, the one category that most people start out speed running. So, um, it's usually the one that they'll go to and they'll grind down to get as good as they possibly can before picking up another category. Um, but if they, you know, especially like when JRP and I kind of joined the community at the same time, it was kind of competitive, even though we're, we're very good friends to just to try to push their times lower and just to try to, you know, be better than the other person. So I feel like if there's like, you know, people that you're close with that are also running the same game, uh, then it can be seen as a competitive aspect because like even in Pokemon Crystal, um, Keyzeron and myself, like we'll do bingos all the time, and it's 
competitive both ways, depending, well, it, it sometimes depends on uh, who gets a little bit more lucky uh, in some cases, but we're both kind of in the same boat where we've adapted our style to be pretty much the same. Uh, it's just, you know, who can move through the fastest and who can do stuff, um, you know, faster than the other person. So really it, competitiveness is determined by like the, the individual, I would say, but, you know, I, I guess the, the amount of runners as well can also contribute to, you know, some sort of competitiveness and as well as, you know, activity within the speed game as well. Yeah. And and looking at the games that you run, uh, like Metro Fusion, Axiom Verge, and Shovel Knight, mm. do you think that too many categories can hurt a game in a speedrunning sense? Uh, I don't... At a certain point, maybe, yes. Uh, I would say that... And I won't speak for towards Shovel Knight, because I was involved in a category discussion, and I was basically just told I was wrong. <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> but um, at a certain point, I think yes. Um, so like you can go on the fusion leaderboards and we've got it under like a lot of miscellaneous stuff. But, you know, if you look at a game like Shovel Knight where, you know, you've got a bunch of different characters that you can play, then it would make sense to be able to to have categories for each individual one instead of, okay, we're going to put it under one blanket and then everyone just plays that one. And then, you know, the other ones don't really get their spotlight. And then there's, you know, people who might want to play as the shovel knight and not as specter. Um, so, you know, different leaderboards are created for that purpose. Um, I wish I had ran Axiom Verge a little bit more. I got a, a time that I was pretty happy with. And then I just kind of, I kind of drifted away from it. I, Maybe just because the the category I was running was just slightly difficult, but um, I think that you know, depending on the type of game, uh, you know, having the categories be what they are, you know, is deterministic by the game and the runners itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can agree to that as well. And uh, we're gonna start to round things off and just have a, a few more questions here so what is the most impressive speedrun you've ever seen oh god um man uh god i've, I've watched so many you think i'd know uh <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's a tougher question than you'd think it's, there's just so many games and there's just so many like runs out there um let me turn that back to you, actually. That while I think, what's the most impressive speed game that you've like speedrun you've ever seen? Well, I haven't mentioned this before on the podcast, but I remember this this one that one one run in particular, and I can't remember who did it, but it was I'm pretty sure it was a GDQ event of some sorts. Um, the guy running Super Mario World, who was, if you were just watching him. It just looked like he was running around, doing a bunch of nonsense, jumping, taking things, taking certain things, avoiding other things. But what he was actually doing was manipulating the memory of the game by inserting code into it, by just picking up a shell or taking a box. And then suddenly, after a few minutes... He just warped to the end of the game, and that was done. That's amazing. And it just left. It just left me in awe. Like, for something that looked so meaning and pointless, 
suddenly he just beat the game from out of nowhere. And okay. it blew my mind. Yeah, that's it sounds a lot like the memory corruption run from Fusion as well. Just destroying blocks for seemingly no purpose and then just, oh, you're at the end. I, th- I think I can, I think I know. There's a couple. Uh, a lot of stuff that's done blindfolded and by sound always impresses me. Recently, there's a runner in the Fusion community that showed up that routed 100% blindfolded as well as they did any percent after I had mentioned Wait, he, that. Did I'd he be run interested. it? Oh yeah, he ran it. Did He's he got... run it or did he, or did, did he route it blindfolded or did he do the run blindfolded? Both. He did both. Um, and what? it's, yeah, it's, it's insane to me that it, it, the runner's name is Bubzia, B-U-B-Z-I-A. Let me, let me just double check that I, I had that spelled correctly. Cause anybody listening to this should definitely go and follow him it is it's b u b z i a bubzia he is he does a bunch of blindfolded stuff like metroid and a bunch of other games he routed well, he does super mario 64 blindfolded as well yeah he's routed and ran 100% i mentioned i was going to think about doing any percent and then he just did that and with fusion being like an action platformer and having to read and react to bosses to be able to do that without seeing anything voluntarily is mind-blowing to me when he first came into the the discord and was mentioning it i was like yeah right no way and then i watched him do a run and i'm just like i cannot believe what i'm seeing and he can't even see what he's seeing like it, it's mind-boggling yeah that is an insanely impressive like i watched i watched a mini documentary on youtube a few months ago about the competitiveness in the blindfolded punch-out community. Oh, yes, People so who, who who just try and beat punch-out and different versions of punch-out blindfolded. And th- those games are, you can memorize certain bosses, but like the Mike Tyson is famously difficult and you have to react. And they just do it based on the sound alone. It's incredibly impressive to watch. I love those games. I love, I, I want to run. Uh, I had gotten into a, trying to learn punch out a little bit the one for the Wii um but yeah those those blindfolded runs always just especially punch out too it's so good it's such an it's such an enjoyable watch and finally the, the last question before we we end it all so to speak um if you could give any piece of advice to anyone starting out in speedrunning or want to give it a try what would what would that advice be my advice, and I've, th- I've actually thought about this quite a bit, my advice would be to just do it. To just sit and take the time, and you don't even necessarily have to even be going fast um, to consider it a speedrun. You just have to be willing to, to try and, you know, either learn something or play through it as quickly as you can. And, you know, if you there's a game that you really enjoy, you know, look for, try, seek out the community. Because... Um, most all communities will be a you know more than willing and happy to help you out they you know a lot of communities they just want to see the community grow and prosper um but don't look at a game or at speed running like oh i could never do that because all it all it really takes is just taking that first step and being in like 
doing it. Yeah, that is a solid piece of advice. Like the biggest, biggest first step you can do is to take that first step and just just do it. You don't have to aim for world record time on your first run. That's just not going to happen unless you're some kind of genius god. Yeah, and Uh, it's a hobby. Like, you don't have to be the best. You just have to enjoy what you're doing. That's all. Yeah. And if you want to be the best, uh, like no one ever was, so to speak, (laughs) uh, you can can do that in time. Uh, It doesn't happen straight away, but with practice, you can do anything, pretty much. Absolutely. 100% agree. Right, so that was basically all of my questions, but I like to end every episode episode of uh, this podcast with a little quick fire round uh, where i'm gonna ask you three questions and uh, the whole point of it is basically to just you're not allowed to think about your answers you're gonna oh. answer them as fast as you can <laughs> and it, it's nothing nothing complicated like i'm not gonna ask you about how to cure corona or anything like that <laughs> uh, it's very simple questions but you have to answer them as fast as you can whatever is on top of your head okay are you ready? Uh, as ready as I'm ever going to be, I guess. Round one. All right, so question number one. Top three pizza toppings. Uh, pepperoni, uh, sausage, and um, uh, meat. Bacon, bacon. Bacon, so meat, meat, and meat. Yeah, keep pineapple off my pizza, please. Agree to disagree, <laughs> but moving on. <laughs> Shots fired, everybody out there listening. <laughs> The never-ending battle. <laughs> Round two. Question number two. If you had to speedrun only one game with one category for the rest of your life, which would it be and why? Uh, 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 Tetris. Not Tetris. Tetris? <laughs> I, oh, God. I've, I've, why, I've why dug would myself into a hole now. Crap. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I like Tetris. If I'm forced to play which, which, one which game, which category of Tetris? There's, yeah, there's categories. Uh, um, um, max score. Well, there is. I didn't even know. I just looked it up. There, there is. <laughs> there's two categories for original Tetris. There's levels one to nineteen and a hundred lines. A hundred lines, easy. Right. Tetris one hundred lines for is, the rest of my life. World record is six minutes and two seconds for the rest that. of your life. I'm sure you'll beat it. Yeah, I've got plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the final question. Round. If you were trapped on a desert island that had modern-day housing with electricity, plumbing, a bed, a kitchen, a computer, what one item would you bring with you? Uh, can I say my girlfriend? Yes. Oh. If you consider her an item, then absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not to objectify her, no, but like, I would definitely bring her along because I enjoy her company, and she's like, you know, makes me happy. It's a legit answer. I mean, we've had a guest on that said they're their child so and that makes sense as well so yeah 100 percent um yeah but thank you so much for coming on it's been a pleasure uh, we could probably talk for another hour if we wanted to dude i could go all day yeah (laughs) (laughs) but we do we do have a we we do have a time limit on the podcast unfortunately maybe you'll come back in the future who knows i'd love to be back if you would have me absolutely but i'm gonna open it up uh, the floor is yours to shout out anyone, tell everyone where they can find you and follow you and watch what you do. All right. Uh, you can find me over at twitch.tv slash Hercules Bench Press. Uh, you can also see some of my runs that I'll be doing in the upcoming Valuethon on the 17th to the 19th, which happens to be the same weekend as the coronavirus relief done quick. 
which I've also submitted for and fingers crossed. Uh, and the Game Over Cancer Marathon, which I will be doing Pokemon Crystal Cinco Bingo with Kizaran uh, on the first day of it, which is the weekend after Valuethon. Uh, and I'll also be closing the marathon with C. Scotty W. Uh, doing 1% hard Metroid Fusion. Shoutouts to literally the entire Fusion community and everybody that I know in speedrunning, uh, because I would not, I mean, it it's, would be completely off-putting to just be alone in speedrunning if I didn't have such great friends that I could consider friends for life at this point. So shout outs to all of you for being as great as you are and being my friend. <laughs> all right. And where can I watch this, uh, this, this run, this race, this marathon again? You can find the Valuethon marathon from the 17th to the 19th of April at twitch.tv slash Valuethon. Uh, that's V-A-L-U-E-T-H-O-N. And the other one, uh, Game Over Cancer, is should be uh, streamed on Streiser 86's channel. Streiser is S-T-R-I-Z-E-R-8-6. Uh, All right, looking forward to that. And thank you again to Hercules Bench Press for coming on the show. And that's going to be it for the Speedrunner podcast. I have been Sir Penguins. You can follow me on the at the speedrun podcast on the twitters or if you want to check me out when i on a rare occasion stream it's twitch.tv slash sir penguins with an s at the end and uh, once again i'm gonna leave you with absolutely no outro for this so i'll see you the next episode